Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Please be seated. From our epistle lesson from 1 Corinthians 15, Paul writes, If in this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. In the name of Jesus, amen. Paul tells us that if our hope in Christ is just for this life, then we are most to be pitied. So let's consider for a moment the idea of hope. Humans are hoping creatures. We naturally put our hope in things since all people, whether Christian or not, all people experience this fallen world with its challenges, sufferings, and hardships. And so everyone naturally searches for things to help them endure the challenges of now. It's the whole reason why Groundhog Day exists, to give us hope that winter's not going to go on forever. Hope can be put in many things, but not all, not all things that receive our hope are true. What is your hope? We typically talk about hope with regard to future events, to things that are coming. And so we hope for certain outcomes in the future. But hope doesn't only look to the future. Hope is always bound up to something from the past. So hope looks in both directions. Hope looks behind and to what lies ahead. What happened in the past influences how we hope for the future. It influences what we hope in. That is, based on certain events of the past, certain historical data, we have a probability of things happening or not happening in the future. When something has a low probability of happening, it's said to be hopeless. But the higher the probability, the more hopeful you become. And that way, we typically talk about hope more like wishful thinking. That is, we hope for things that are uncertain, even unlikely to occur. For example, with baseball season underway, a fan might be hopeful that the Cubs will win the World Series. But what does the fan mean by that? Remember, hope looks in two directions, not just to the future, but what came before. So looking at the past, the Cubs have historically not been the greatest, besides rare anomalies. But the fan is hopeful that the unlikely will surprise him. He has a joyful expectation that he'll be surprised by the rare anomaly of World Series victory. Odds are low to be sure, but as we learn from Dumb and Dumber, one in a million is still a chance. The outcome of the season is never certain. That's why it's fun to watch. 
That's why it's a game and it's not certainty because anything can happen and you hope for a win as unlikely or in the case of the Cubs, illogical as it might be. When hope is used in that way, it is tangled up and saturated with uncertainty and unlikelihood. To use a more serious example, if a loved one is diagnosed with terminal cancer, we try to remain hopeful. But what do we mean by that? Again, hope looks in two directions, what came before and what lies ahead. Statistics and historical evidence indicate that the likelihood of death is very high from that cancer, yet there are anomalies. There are rare examples of miraculous recoveries that confound doctors and experimental treatments that defy the odds. And so you hope for such an outcome. Hope in that sense is the longing for the unlikely. It's uncertain and unlikely based on all that's happened in the past. But you hope each day for the unlikely to occur in the future. For both baseball and terminal cancer, hope is saturated with uncertainty and unlikelihood. But in contrast to how we tend to talk about hope, our Lord gives us to have hope very differently. From 1 Corinthians 15 again, if in this life only we have hoped in Christ, says Paul, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. As Christians, we have hope in the eternal life of Christ. And hope looks in two directions. The hope we have that gets us through the present challenges looks backward. It looks to the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus. He truly died for our sin and shame and truly rose again from death, destroying the enemy of death. It's an historical claim that something actually happened. To be sure, it was an anomaly but unlike miracle baseball comebacks or cancer recoveries, this historical anomaly impacted all that would happen after it. His resurrection doesn't increase our hope because it increases the odds of our resurrection. That we're more hopeful for a resurrection because it happened once for Jesus and so we have a better chance that it might happen for us too. No, his resurrection actually change the future of all death, especially yours. He rose from the dead. His disciples witnessed it, and they had nothing to gain by lying about it. They were willing to die as witnesses to that resurrection, not because they had hope that they might rise again, but they were certain. They were certain they would rise because Christ had risen. His resurrection removes 
the uncertainty and unlikelihood from our hope. His resurrection in the past gives a certainty to our hope and our own resurrections in the future. Just as Christ has risen from the dead, we know that we will too. He is the first fruits. When the first apple grows on the tree, you know that more are coming. It's not uncertain or unlikely, but it's certain and sure. The challenge to our hope, though, in this life is that we don't experience it or see it now. We don't see it with our eyes of flesh. We only have it by faith in our Lord's promises, which he continues to give us as long as we live. That's the hope that gets us through life now. Our hope looks in two directions. We look to the cross and resurrection, knowing our sins are forgiven, shame covered, guilt removed, that death has been defeated. And now we walk through this valley of the shadow of death. But as gloomy as that sounds, we walk with a sure and certain hope for life, even in the face of death. It's not that we're hopeful for something that's unlikely. That's not our Lord's kind of hope. As Job said, we know that our Redeemer lives and we will stand again at the last and see him with our eyes. Come what may, sickness, suffering, war, poverty, loneliness, or finally death. Whatever this fallen world throws at you, you endure it with a certain hope of what lies ahead. And that hope brings peace and joy to each day. But such a hope means nothing if it's not true. If it's only some philosophy for how to get through life, a personal coping mechanism, or a mere worldview option on the buffet, then we are most to be pitied. If he didn't rise from the dead, then all that he said is a lie, and you're wasting your time. Instead, the hope for our resurrection is the only certain hope because it looks back to the Lord's certain victory over sin, death, and the devil on the cross and the certainty of his resurrection. And it looks forward to our own certain eternal life with Jesus. That is our hope for today. And it gives us joy and peace for each day between now and the last day of Christ's return. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of Jesus, amen. We stand for prayer.